Welcome back. It is the beginning of August. That means it is football draft season. And we're going to take a little bit of a step back from last week's episode. So if last week I got a couple com- comments slash, I don't want to say complaints, comments. Hey, uh, not everyone is 200 best ball drafts deep so far. And I went, oh yeah, that's a fair point. And so actually, <laughs> of all things, uh, this morning as I was getting ready to go to the dentist, which then promptly got canceled on me. My mom called and went, hey, I got a ton of best ball questions for you. And I went, okay. And then as she answered, asked the first couple and I answered the first couple, I went, hold on a second. This is exactly what I needed to do for a podcast for you guys that are just like waking up, remembering it's football season right around the corner. I was like, this is perfect content. Mom, will you come on with me really quickly and it just we'll just do hash out the questions here and that way everyone gets the benefit of it. So... On the line, it's Mama Siege. Hi, Mom. Hi, CJ. Thanks for doing this. Oh, that's okay. I, I thank you for allowing me to do this in a podcast form instead of just keeping all the answers for yourself. Well, that's okay. I, I've got enough other skill. I can ma- mix this up and I'll be good. All right. So uh, we can either do the ones we did off air again, or you can just start with the next one. Totally up to you. Well, actually, I have a list. So if it's easiest for me if I just start with a couple we did uh, off air and we'll just do them again. All right. Sounds like a plan. Go. So my first question is obviously Michael Thomas. With the news that's coming out, how far down should I drop him? I was thinking of moving him all the way from rank 19 all the way down to about 100. What do you think about that? Yeah, so I've t- personally moved him a little higher than that. Uh, I-, I moved him, I guess, lower than that, technically, depending on which way you think up and down is. I moved him to around spot 90. I'm not necessarily taking him there at 90, but it's just to remind me that, oh, he's still on the board in this draft. He hasn't gone the 40s or 50s. And to decide, like, does he make sense on this team? If I'm going to be taking Michael Thomas, it's as a fifth or sixth receiver that I don't need for the first five, six weeks of the season really counting on him as a playoff guy, right? The money weeks, all the money, of course, in weeks 14, 15, or I'm sorry, 15, 16, and 17 in those playoff weeks. And he could be a second round guy in those weeks. So definitely not a guy you want to have zero of, but got to have the right team around him. Okay, so 100's a little too low. If I can get him in the second or certainly the third round, I should grab him. No, you're looking like round eight, round nine. Round eight, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you do want to move him down significantly, just not probably hundred's probably a smidge too far. But if you want to move him to a hundred, hundred's totally fine, totally reasonable. You just probably won't get much of him there. Okay. Now tell me what's going on with Amari Cooper. Should I be concerned he's not playing right now? So Amari Cooper uh, on the pup list, uh, off-season ankle injury here. Uh, Dak's really not be playing much in the preseason anyways, coming off his own injury last year. We all saw it. It was gruesome. It's good to see him looking back. It's shoulder tightness now what's holding him out of camp. But uh, he's fine for in terms of Amari. He should be fine. should be back the middle of August. Uh, I have no concerns at this point. I, I want to be investing in pieces of Dallas offense. And you're getting him at a tad of, of a discount right now. He's going in the middle of the fourth round. He was a third-round guy before that. So he's a guy that I'm buying the discount on right now. Okay. Should be so, fine by the regular season, by the way. I don't think I made that clear. 
Okay. Now, the news that came out of was yesterday or today about Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar was pretty high in my quarterback list, but now they're talking about COVID-19. I thought he already had COVID last year. Um, do we know what's going on there? Is it really just Gus Edwards that is tested positive? And should I be concerned? So this is the I need to reread the NFL rules for COVID. I can't say I have a... I can't say this is 100% correct because I haven't reread them, but my understanding of the rules is that you only have to do the 10-day quarantine if you don't have a vaccine, if you're a close contact. Now, he could have tested positive again. We're seeing that a lot in sports across the country right now. So he easily could have just tested positive again, too. It could be a contact thing. I'm not super worried about it. He was fine after he came back last year from COVID, so... Obviously, it's not what you want to see, but it's better now than, let's say, August 28th, and then you're missing week one, or week one's in jeopardy, and then you start asking questions. So it's never good to get COVID-19, but sort of, in, for the sake of like drafting sake, better now than later. Okay. So as you know, I grew up in New York, so I was always uh, partial to uh, Odell Beckham. Very disappointed he didn't... Uh explode in Cleveland. Um, do you think it's going to happen this year, or do you think that injury is still going to hold him back? I think he'll be fine coming off of the – I mean, it's a serious injury, no doubt, and that's why wide receivers just shouldn't try to stop him on defense. It was really fluky how the injury occurred. But Cleveland should be better. You know, Baker Mayfield, year two of the new system. Actually, it's one of the reasons why I'm down on Herbert. Herbert moved from the easy West Coast offense to this system in year two and had a big drop-off. Herbert trying the same thing this year, uh, but not related to this question. Uh, Odell should be fine. I, I think he's a guy that I'm targeting towards the end of the fifth round, sixth round range right now. Uh, you know, he's got high upside, right? Which is really just what you're trying to do is just get many wide receivers that have high upside and get yourself those big scores. That, that's really the name of the game. So he's a guy I like a lot. So I have a question about another wide receiver, but while you're talking about that, let me follow up on that. In the best balls, I have been thinking about just doing seven wide receivers. Um, the first one I did, I threw in there. Looks like a lot of the guys are going with eight. What What is your take on that? That's not enough. Like for me, I, most of my teams have nine or ten wide receivers, and I'm going four or five running backs. It's the new 2021 way. Uh, it, it's it's basically the name of the game is that running back two is overrated. It's on, So an underdog, it's a half point per reception. And so those running back two scores don't need to be super great to get you to advance. What you do need is those blow up wide receiver weeks. You need the eight catch, 120, and two touchdown type guys in all three slots to, to really get yourself to be moving on in the playoffs. And how are you going to find those guys? Well, those guys are the most talented at wide receivers. So... Uh, for me, it's a situation where I'm going to be very fragile at running back, uh, whether it's four, five, the occasional six, like very, very occasional six, but that I'm waiting till like round 11 to take my first running back in those type of situations. But for me and most of my teams, nine to 10 wide receivers, and I'm taking them early and taking them often. Okay, then, but let me ask you a question. You certainly are not taking a wide receiver if you have a chance to get McCaffrey. Oh, God, no. Yeah, you know, no. You take McCaffrey one. If you get the second pick, you try to pray to whatever God you pray to that someone does not take McCaffrey one. And then like one out of a hundred times, they won't take McCaffrey one. And you just take Dalvin Cook two. And you grumble and say, too bad. This wasn't the one. 
But it happened to me once, and it felt really good. So, yeah, McCaffrey won, Cook too, and you really just don't think about those picks. You kind of just click them So, in. basically, you're going with just two quarterbacks and two tight ends and all your teams. It, I wouldn't say all my teams. Uh, you know, if I don't get – like, if I'm not taking a oh, position – Oh, yeah, sure. You don't, it's, a, it's a snake draft. You don't have absolute control. I, I, I get you on that. Because I got caught with uh, only having two tight ends last year. Yeah, so I invest more at the tight end position than most. So I will pay up for Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, those stud tight ends. I invest more capital in tight end than most. So I, the vast majority of my teams as a default then will have two tight ends. Right, the end of the, the end of the game is that you want to have the most optimal team in the playoffs. And that means taking on some risk in the regular season, right? Like injuries can happen and, and kill some teams that might make the playoffs. But the name of the game is to have the most optimal roster of the teams that do make it to the playoffs. You want to be putting yourself in the best chance to advance and the best chance to win the million dollars. Like you only get your money back in the best ball million for making the playoffs. So there isn't like this huge incentive to make the playoffs. It's not like you're getting two or three times your buy-in back. Like you're just getting your buy-in back. So the, the whole name of the game is putting yourself in the best position to advance in those playoff weeks. That's when the money starts ratcheting up. Okay, so let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You mentioned him. Um, and you put him in the same conversation with, uh, with Kelsey and Waller. And Is he really going to be in that mix this year, you think? I do. So I am the Kyle Pitts guy. I think he is going to be what Rob Gronkowski was for the New England Patriots. Now let me ask you a question. Would you take um, Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts. Wow. I, 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 I am the Kyle Pitts guy. I will be the Kyle Pitts guy. The biggest problem for tight ends going to the NFL is that the transition to the tight end position is one of the hardest. But he's going to be playing a ton of wide receiver this year. A ton of it. Because he's just a freak. Like, the things he does on the football field and in the red zone, you just don't do. My fa my favorite Kyle Pitts clip is at the end of the Alabama game and the SEC title game. Florida's down 14, and they're trying to score a touchdown and then get the onside kick. And Alabama's literally triple-teaming him. And Kyle Trask is like, no, nah, we're just going to throw it to Kyle Pitts. He'll catch it. And he's just making these ridiculous catches in triple coverage. And these are Alabama triple coverage guys. Like, these are guys that are now in the league. And he just was open up and making catches. Like, it's just... Teams aren't going to be able to triple team him at the NFL level. He's going to have mismatches. Atlanta's a big play-action offense. He's going to have mismatches against safeties and linebackers. He's just... He's different. He's Megatron. He, like, you just don't see guys like this. So I want to be a year early. We grew up watching Rob Gronkowski. It, it, it reminds me of Gronk. Like, I think in, if Gronk came around now, right, and with how the offenses are much more passing-oriented and spread, at his talent level, like, I know he caught nine touchdowns in the back half of the season, but he might have had a 13-14 touchdown catch that rookie season if tight ends were just used the way they are now in the NFL. It took the Pats seven weeks to be like, oh, wait a minute, this guy is just an absolute beast let's just keep using him and once they did he he was awesome for a decade kyle pitts okay. went fourth overall he didn't go in the second round so i think it's kind of gronk rookie season except over 16 games all right so let's get into my wide receiver questions and a new one came up today because just before lunch um baltimore 
um, indicated that Marquise Brown's hamstring injury is a lot more serious than they had let on to uh -oh. say. Well, that's not good. So, and they're going to be if he's if he's out or severely injured, they are going to be even weaker than weak in that position. Am I? Uh, well, uh, this requires me to go look at the Marquise Brown uh, yeah, injury. This, this, this is uh, this is news to me. So, uh, did they say, well, did they put did they, did they put a timetable on it? Um, no, I just saw two sentence. He's going to be out until he's back. Oh, that's not great. Oh, well, Rashad Bateman has looked pretty good. Uh, you probably move him up a little bit. We're, we are still five weeks away from the opener, right? So we still right. do have time, but yeah, worse than they thought. And he's out until he's back is not great. He's a guy that really kind of needed these training camp reps. So yeah, we'd probably move him down a, a solid round uh, off of where I have him now. I think I have him right around 83, 84. So he's probably right in that Michael Thomas range, like right around 100. I think I'd probably slot Marquise Brown in behind Michael Thomas at this point. Uh, and then yeah, well, that's what I was sort of thinking. And then that brings me, of course, to the questions about some of my these new uh, wide receivers. And since I don't follow college much except for Notre Dame, and Will Filler's still my guy this year, but other than that, um, I got some questions about these new young guys, particularly uh, St. Brown in Detroit. By the way, is, did you know, is he related to... Yes, uh, yeah, in Crimea St. Brown, yeah, he's his brother. Um, yeah, really good player. Uh, you know, went to USC, unfortunately. Lame. Uh, but... Indeed. Because behind him is just Perryman and Williams. And so I like Williams a lot. So I think Williams is going to be the wide receiver one there. The real question for me is, is Brown going to be the two or the three? Detroit's going to be really bad this season. Like, they're just going to be really bad. But I guess that means they'll be behind in throwing. Well, here's the thing. They should be behind in throwing. I don't know if their coach is going to care about winning games. Um, they're at the start of a rebuild. I, I wonder if they're just going to run the ball more than we think they're going to. I, I, I don't mind them as kind of like late round guys towards the back end, wide receiver 7, 8, 9, you know, wide receiver 10. Are still talking Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Brown. So you, don't, you don't think that Jared Goff is just suddenly going to be the guy to pull everything together there? I would be floored. Aren't they supposed to be changing the offense to uh, specialize, you know, to look after his skills? He's a stop. He's a stopgap, right? They, they took his contract on to get first round picks. They really don't have anything invested in him. He's not part of their future. The problem is that they didn't draft a quarterback, though. So, like, they have no reason to just not play him. But it's not like, oh, hey, we're just we really care about Jared Goff. He's our future. He's kind of like, well, we have this contract. We don't have anybody else. I guess we should just use him. But Jared Goff may have a different idea. He might. But, again, it all comes down to do they call plays to try to win games. I, I, I'm i worried about this coaching staff. I think he's fine as a late option, but I wouldn't get, like, super gung-ho about the Detroit Lions. Yeah, well, we, we do need to come back about that coaching staff. We're going to deal with the Packers a little bit. But I want to get some of these other wide receiver questions out. We kind of we were talking about Marquise Brown, and you talked about Bateman. So you think he's going to – you would raise him up a little bit, or no? You just leave him where he is. I think Bateman. I was wondering if I was already low on Bateman, 
So this is, might be an overreaction just based on to the fact I didn't have a lot of Bateman to begin with, and I was wondering if that was a mistake. I think I actually might rank the three of them right together and have yeah. Thomas, Bateman, and then Brown, like right around pick 100. Because also we have the Colts situation too. I loved Michael Pittman, but I have to move him down. So someone has to move up, and, and so Bateman could be the guy. Okay, so let me run over to um, to the Rams then, to a guy that I was hopeful for last year, which was Van Jefferson, but he really didn't do much of anything for me. Um, since I don't follow the training camps very much, except for some of the news feeds, is, is he going to just be an also-ran again? He hasn't shown anything special, has he? Second-year player. Uh, so rookies really under Sean McVay just don't play. By the way, for all of you guys out there drafting Jacob Harris, let me remind you, Rookies don't play uh, in Sean McVay's offenses. Uh, Van Jefferson's been getting a lot of hype this offseason. Uh, I drafted him late a lot last year uh, and doing the same again this year. I'm going back to the well. He, he's getting a second look for me. He should be the third receiver there pretty com comfortably. They got rid of Everett. So, you know, I, I think that while there's a bunch of buzz about Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell, I think that Van Jefferson's the primary guy there, so I, I would feel pretty confident drafting him as a late option. Wouldn't go crazy, of course, but no, he is well, a guy I have a bunch with, of. With, with Cup and, and Woods, not, but I thought, you know, I was hoping he'd be the trio, the third in the trio. I think he will be the third in the trio, but it's not like he's going to play every snap either. I, okay, I think so that... let's run over to my question in Chicago, and that's on uh, Darnell Mooney. Um he came on a little bit the end of last year, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, you are. Uh, so Darnell Mooney is a guy that uh, I, I love the Darnell Mooney talent. I, I've been the low man on fields since before the draft. And it sure as hell looks like the NFL agreed with my opinion that he's got a little ways to go. Okay. A lot of people are drafting him as if he's going to be starting by week two, week three. I don't know. Like, I, I, I see the Herbert comparisons, but you have to remember. Remember why Herbert got the first start? A doctor literally injected his lung by mistake. Like, that's how Herbert got his start. How many other weeks was he going to sit on the bench? Right? right. I, 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 I mean... Quarterback for here is still all up in the air, right? I, I think Andy Dalton's going to get the first snap in week one. And then it's like, okay, they have an easy schedule to start first half of the season. And Dalton wasn't bad when that Dallas offensive line held up. Do you think, do you think Dalton's going to lean a little bit on his uh, tight ends? Do you see Cole Komet doing – how do you pronounce that last Cole Komet, yeah. Um, so he should have a little bit of a better season this season, but – I think Mooney's the guy. Allen Robinson will be fine. He's Allen Robinson. The thing about the Bears is just I'm really worried about their – I call them the money weeks, but you can call them the playoff weeks schedule. It's all super cold environments. It's like Green Bay, Chicago, Seattle, Chicago in the dead of winter. Ugh, not exactly a passing offense I want to be like super invested in, right? That's not exactly – we talk about That's a really good point. I have never I haven't really ever looked at my lineups that way. So I mean, you know, sure, like it can you know, if, if it's snowing, the, the the secondary in the corner can fall down in the snow and trip like sure, I acknowledge that. But totals are typically lower and you know, we don't even know how Justin Fields will look. 
right? Like, he could be looking bad. I just, I think a lot of the fantasy industry now is promoting the best case scenario for Fields and not the worst case. But Mooney's a guy I draft in that ninth, 10th round range if I need another receiver. He's fine. I'm just not, I'm not as sold on the quarterback situation as most are. Right. So on, on wide receiver, I'm not really high on anybody on, uh, on Denver. I, I know you like Cortland Sutton. I do love Sutton. I like Judy. I think Drew Locke's going to win that job. Russell, Russell Clay got me all hyped up on Drew Locke again. He's been destroying the camp battle so far. He's, you know, you talk about those three quarterback builds. He's the guy that I'll go take in round 18. Um, okay. If I take you, my second in round. Williams, as far as a running back on the team, is going to do enough? Because Melvin Gordon's getting a little old. <laughs> this reminds me of, so this is a flashback for some guys that have been here for a hot minute in fantasy. Um, Derrick Henry's rookie season, they had DeMarco Murray in Tennessee. And everyone was like, oh, Derrick Henry's going to get the job. Derrick Henry's going to get the job. And I was like, well, I think DeMarco Murray like is going to get the first crack. And if he's good, he, he he'll, he'll keep it. And I think that's kind of the case with Melvin Gordon. Like, I think he gets the first crack this season. And if he's good, he'll keep it. And I just, I think this Denver offense is going to be better than people think. The The weakest part of the offense is the offensive coordinator. I just don't trust him to be proactive or revolutionary or, you know, getting the ball down the field, running play action, not running on second and long. Like, he's my biggest concern. He's kind of an, I, I don't, he's kind of a dinosaur. Okay, well, since but, we jumped off wide receiver and we went back to running back, let me let me just ask another running back question then. We talked offline, and I guess I should Oh, I didn't answer the question, though. I'm just not super high on Williams. Like, I just think it's going to okay. be more of a split. But um, Jeff Mance loves Williams, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. Okay. So we, we talked offline. I guess it was my first question was on Barkley of, of the Giants and, and when he's coming back and what he might or might not do and what openings that might be to Booker. Cause I think I was going to put Booker up a little higher in my. Uh... Yeah. So he's a guy definitely when I'm looking for a late round running back, he's definitely a guy that I consider because. Um, so when I, you say late round, do you mean 14 or do you mean eight, 17? I mean or like 16, 12? 17, 18. Yeah. That's what I consider the late rounds. Uh, I mean, I guess 15 in certain bills, but I can't imagine having to reach that far for him. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that I talked to Russell about this for a hot minute. So if you guys didn't listen to the Saquon conversation, it's right at the top of episode 27. I'd go back and listen to it. But yeah, Booker's definitely one of those guys because I think there is a chance that Saquon's sitting in those money weeks. And if he is, then Booker could be the number one option uh, in those weeks. So he's a guy that I do prioritize towards the back end because I do think I think his road to playing time in the playoffs is a little more potentially clear than some of these other guys. Okay. So back to my wide receiver questions. You're asking me about um, Odell, my guy in Cleveland. Um, in Kansas City, you know, I liked Hardman last year. And he had a couple of good games, a few good games, but he didn't come on strong like I hoped he would. Um do you think he's going to be overtaken by any of these other guys, or do you think he's still going to be the number two? I think he's the number two, but I'm a big Pringle guy. I, I've been a Pringle guy for a couple years. We talked about. I actually talked about this in depth with Russell as well. I think Cardman's fine. I think he's just getting a little overdrafted. He's a guy I don't have much of right now. 
is that a problem potentially? Sure. He just reminds me just too much of a deep threat. Not really a whole lot else to his game so far. Could he develop? But sure. I just haven't really gotten to him. Let me just see. I'm, the 215 teams I have, I have 1% Hardman. I just really am not getting there a whole lot. Maybe that's a mistake, but I just rather would take the Denver guys. And that's kind of the range Hardman's going in. And, and so I'll just take the Denver guys over, over him. Okay, so moving over to San Francisco. Did we did we talk about this, Brandon? Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I can never pronounce his last name. I think we Ayuk. talked about this off air. So uh, I'm I'm the high man on Trey Lance. So I think that it, you know he's going to start for Jimmy G sooner rather than later. Uh, Jimmy G had a brutal practice yesterday, and the Trey Lance buds really kicked into gear here. The thing with me was just, and I mentioned this on episode 27 as well, quickly, but I'll go in a little more depth here. The, the coaching staff was so quick to say it wasn't a battle that you made you, made you think that it was really a battle, right? It's one of those things when you're just like, I don't like soda, and you say it really loud, you're just like, hmm, hold on a second, I think you really do like soda, you're just trying to come off that you don't like soda. So... I think Trey Lance could win that job. They have a really soft beginning of the schedule at Detroit and at Philly. Really kind of a nice spot to start a rookie quarterback and let him get some some sea legs. So I I've been Trey Lance is one of my highest owned players in best ball, so as a result, I'm gonna have a lot of Ayuk and Samuel and Kittle. But yeah, I, I think this offense is gonna be different. I if they go to Lance, he's a got a huge arm and yeah, I, I think I could really break out. So talk to me about the Colts. Do we have anybody that can play quarterback there? No. So does no. that, so so that mean my uh, my wide receivers, which is what I was focusing on here, Pittman and Hilton, I can just uh, – I wouldn't go that far. It, the surgery's uh, five to 12 weeks is the recovery. He, he went and got it this morning after – I think everyone on social media talked the Colts into doing it. They were like, he's going to rest. And everyone was like – Got it. So he's going to wait four weeks and then get the surgery. And I think maybe someone got to him was like, hey, maybe we should just get the surgery now. Kind of like the Michael Thomas decision, huh? Yeah. Like, why did you wait until June, you know, to go get that ankle surgery, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it's definitely a situation five to 12 weeks. It's – you figure week six will be when Trey – when Wentz is back at worst. So weeks four to six. <sighs> There's just not really an option right now on their roster. Uh, could they go get Nick Foles? Could they go get it? Now, could they go get Andy Dalton and really screw up that Chicago thing for me? Sure. I don't see that happening, though. Uh, could they go get Jameis Winston? That was more likely until he started winning that job by not throwing any interceptions in camp. Or incompletions, really. He went like three days without an incompletion in camp. That didn't involve a, a corner tackling his wide receiver. So... He's had a really good training camp. He's a guy that I have my eye on. And it's kind of like a breakout guy, although I wish Michael Thomas was there for that. So I get him. Anybody coming in is not going to know the uh, the system. So well, he's still got five weeks. We got five weeks. We got five weeks. Right? We got five weeks. So if they do it tomorrow, that's good. If they do it in three weeks, that's probably an issue. But yeah, Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger, just not really options. The, the Colts wide receivers are super high on Michael Pittman, but right now they're like they're sitting there in my rankings, but they're kind of just mentally off my board. Well, to, to me, I think I'd like their running backs more now. They have to play the game. 
<laughs> but the problem is just that everyone knows they're going to run the ball, right? So more condensed boxes, less work. Marlon Mack's going to be... Their tight ends might... Uh... Marlon, short passes that they can just uh, muscle uh, Bad quarterbacks can be really, really bad. Like they can be really, really bad. I, I, you know, the the Colts right now is just a situation I just really am staying away from entirely. Maybe some Nakeem Hines, maybe some 18th round Marlon Mack. He has looked good coming off the Achilles, which is not great for Jonathan Taylor. But I, I just think you're better off staying away here. You got plenty of time. Like even if in three weeks the situation looks better, then you can just move up Michael Pittman a few extra slots and pick up a couple extra teams with them. So I, I would just stay away from now. This The downside is so severe. And the it's not really getting baked in. Like Pittman's still going in the same range he was as when Carthen went with healthy, and that just makes no sense. So moving over to Minnesota, uh, we've got my guy Adam that won me second place in that live final, you know. So uh, he's certainly high on my list, but uh, is Justin Jefferson going to take over as the number one there? You mean Adam Thielen? Yes, Adam Thielen. Yes. Um, Hey, he won me 15 grand. He's just Adam to me. Fair enough. Um, I'm down on Minnesota compared to, like, the group, I think, in terms of, like, the passing offense. I just – they were super efficient last year, and – I think their defense is better, so I think they'll be ahead more often this year. I think they'll be in less shootouts. I think Dalvin, that's why Dalvin Cook's clearly my number two. I think they're going to run the ball a bit more. Unless they have the amount of efficiency in the pass game they had last year, it's just going to be tough for them to kind of get their numbers. So they're kind of like at the bottom. Like I have Justin Jefferson at the bottom of the DK Metcalf, EJ Brown, CD Lamb tier. And I have Thielen at the bottom of the T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett tier. And so, therefore, I just get them the least. It's not like I'm super low or high, but I am just tweaking it just a little bit. And as a result, I just don't get much. And I'm kind of okay with that. I, I Justin Jefferson coming off a career year, like, is he really going to repeat that? I mean, he better at the pay- price you're paying. So... I'm just down on Minnesota a little bit compared to everybody else, but it's fine. I wouldn't go crazy. You mentioned Jamar Chase. Um, Is he going to be the guy over T. Higgins? I think Higgins will be like the number one guy, but this is an offense that, I mean, Joe Burrow was going to set all sort of rookie passing attempt records before uh, his injury last year. Uh, Looked good in rehab. Uh, They went and got his number one option, Jamar Chase. Of course, they played together at LSU. That's the Jamar Chase sat out last season after having that monster season with Joe Burrow. So, yeah, you know, they definitely have chemistry, but T. Higgins is a fantastic guy, and they still have Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. They upgraded their offensive line. This is just a team I'm higher on than, like, I think their win total is six and a half. I, I'd be surprised if this team is not flirting with 500, if not a playoff spot. I, this, I know their defense still has some questions, but their offense is top six top seven like they've got weapons so i'm pretty bullish uh, on the Bengals this season and i'm still pretty high on tyler boyd i mean you he should won be. three live seats in the dk finals so i can't uh all right how many more how many more plugs of your live final experience are you going to be able to mention on the pod you've got like at least three so far <laughs> well how many live finals do i have i don't know it's a lot yeah it's a lot okay. it's too many all right it's too many but that's how I have him in my notes. 
And I have a star and an L. That means that uh, he did well for me in the life final. So I, I, uh, I moved them up a few spots. That's the mama speech thing. Hey, you know, I got to be honest. I, I think everyone does that. If someone makes you a lot of money, you, you have a, a, a soft spot for them, certainly the rest of, of their careers. Um, what other questions you got for me? Okay. Um, Houston, uh, Nico Collins. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say we have a big problem. I mean, I don't think he's going to, with what's going on there with the quarterback, is he going to end up really uh, being able to use his skills? Well, there's no other wide receivers on the roster other than Brandon Cooks and Anthony Miller. So, Anthony Miller, by the I way. I don't like Brandon Cooks. Did you ever change it? I never liked him even when he was here at the Pats. Yeah, I'm never really a Cooks guy. He's the, he's the oh, if there's no one left in that tier option, and I really need a wide receiver. Like, for a while, I would just take Antonio Brown. Like even if Antonio Brown's gone, like I would take Pittman over him, so I didn't really have to take him. But now that Pittman's off my board, there are some situations in the 10th round where it's just like, I guess, fine. I, like, I hit the button, and I get all grumpy, and I'm just like, why did I do that? But I think he's the guy you should have some of. You know, he has been solid. And, and solid, you know, in the 10th round is is a skill. Like, that's valuable for sure. Nico Collins, I really like his talent. Why is it all these Notre Dame rivals have talent this year that I actually like? Normally, I don't like any of them. And this year, I like all of them. Uh, but, yeah, Anthony Miller, Nico Collins, late options. We just have no idea what that quarterback situation is going to be. Like, it's clear the Texans don't want to play Watson, but... If they can't find a trade for him because of those legal issues by opening day, like, are they going to play him? I, I have absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. I'm not taking Watson anywhere, but, I mean, it's possible. So I, I wouldn't want to be out on Nico and Anthony Miller completely. Okay. And, and as you know, I love players that change teams. So yeah, you're the only I'm person not, in the world I'm... who does that, and I have no way. But, yeah, go ahead. What did you just say? I said, yeah, normally that's a negative, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, well, you know what's done well by me. So. All right, I get it. You're good. So Julio Jones, Julio Jones, and A.J. Green are on my list, but you think I need to move them down further, right? Actually, those two is a little bit of a different story. Julio, jo Julio Jones is interesting. Like, everyone just assumes A.J. Brown's going to be the one. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Like, they might just double-team him and make sure Julio's healthy for a hot minute, right? Like, go ahead, double-team A.J. Brown. And is Julio healthy enough to be a number one still? I think some teams are going to challenge Julio to go be a guy. So I think he's got some big weeks this season coming. Because Derrick Henry's an elite option, and so is A.J. Brown. Like, I think that if I was a defensive coordinator, I'd say, like, let's see if Julio Jones can, can, you know, can physically do this for an entire game. So yeah. I think he might be better than that late late fourth rounder he's going. I think there's definitely a ton of risk. Like if he just gets hurt and breaks down again, he is getting a little bit older. That is absolutely in the range of outcomes. No doubt about that. So I, I have some, not a ton. AJ Green is a guy that I have been buying the last 10 days. Looks good. Looks like he's going to be that number two in that Arizona offense. And honestly, his season last year couldn't have been worse. So, like, the options are either that he'll be okay and be, like, a T.Y. Hilton or a little bit better type receiver, maybe a low-end Devontae Parker that you get in the 15th, 16th round, 
or he'll just be washed and you'll know it right away and he'll be a zero on your team. But I think there's enough upside there in that offense to definitely and buy it, him. Is it possible that DeAndre Hopkins won't be out of the gate on game one? No, nah, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Hopkins. You're not worried about that? Nah. Hopkins is always, he's a guy who always, he's a, he's a questionable all week on the injury report, then comes out and you're like, why was he ever questionable on the injury report? Okay. So we've got Atlanta and we've got my guy, Calvin Ridley, but uh, he, without uh, Jones, the question is who is really going to emerge there? Is it going to be? Kyle Pitts. Sorry. Excuse me. Who is it going to be? Kyle Pitts. I see. Okay. Um, Zacharias is a solid option. Don't, don't sleep on um, Hayden Hurst as a late-round tight end. Again, right, if I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be playing a lot of wide receiver as a tight end, they still need a tight end. And they traded a good draft pick for him and had a good season last year. they play tight, end, tight ends Atlanta. Not as much as the Patriots, but they, they do. They do play a bunch. And I think that, you know, they will play a bunch of uh, Pitts out wide. So Hurst is definitely a guy that, I think I was too low on early on, but I am making up for it now in pretty big numbers. Uh, Puppy two just released today. He's a he's a target of mine in the Puppy two. I'm gonna move Puppy him up. Puppy two is finally out. Yeah, it just right before we hopped on, it, it, it came out. Or let me phrase that: when I woke up, it was up. It was already like two percent full somehow. But yeah. Okay. Because um, I only got in in the end of Puppy one, so I, I just. Uh... Don't worry, they got a new puppy and it's twice as big now. So you're good to go. Twice as big? Okay. Twice as big. So do you have more time for a few more questions? Or yeah, go. No, I, they canceled my crown appointment, so I got time. Okay. So New York Jets. Uh, we've got Corey Davis and we've got more. Um, is more going to really pop this year with, with Zach Wilson? Are we assuming Zach's going to be okay? Yeah, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson guy, but they're just going to be behind all the time. You have to think that, like, they'll score some points, maybe. Like, they've got better playmakers this year, but it's the Jets. I just kind of always assume they're going to be bad until they tell me they're not bad. I have a bunch of more. I don't have a ton of Davis. I actually moved them up a little bit just to try to grab some. But Crowder's still there. They've got some running backs that can play. It could kind of just be everyone's okay, but certainly not a situation like if I need a wide receiver 7, 8, 9, even a wide receiver 10 at that point, I'm certainly happy to take one of them, but I don't want to have to be counting on them, right? They're kind of the back end of the draft guys that have upside that by week 7 you're like, well, why did I ever take these five guys? And it's like, well, because the one guy that is popping, you know, is also drafted in that range. So got to kind of just get well, although, although I've lived in Boston for 40 years, being a New Yorker, um, I'm kind of excited about Michael Carter with the Jets. Is, <sighs> is he going to be exciting or no? I, I asked you to, tomorrow, I might give you a different answer. I'm just a little terrified of what they're going to do with Tevin Coleman. He's a guy that it should be towards the back end, kind of towards the dusty, washed up portion of his career, but he's got history with the offensive coordinator. He played in his system played under this head coach, the new head coach in San Francisco. They kind of know what they're going to get. This screams like one of those situations where he plays more than the fantasy world would ever want him to. But Carter is an awesome talent, but he never had the full workload at UNC. He was played with Javante Williams. He was kind of the 1B. So if Tevin Coleman is the 1A and Michael Carter is the 1B, even if it's a little closer to a 50-50... 
I have some Carter. I think he's got upside for sure, but I am getting a little more worried about Tevin Coleman as the season approaches. So you would absolutely take Antonio Gibson of Washington over him. Oh God. Yeah. Antonio Gibson's a round two guy. I'm just, I'm the low man on Antonio Gibson. I am the low man on Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't really like that foot injury, that toe injury from last year, turf toe. It, it scares me that Washington team scares me. That field scares me. I know they just put like $20, $20 million into renovating it, but I don't know. It's been a laughing stock for two decades. I just, I have, I think McKissick's better than people think. I, I just can't really get there. People are basically comparing, comparing Antonio Gibson to Christian McCaffrey, his breakout season. And I think there's a lot of things that are not similar to Christian McCaffrey in that breakout season. Uh, I love that. I, I just, I think Antonio Gibson's going to be a first rounder by the time this is all said and done. And I just, I have him as a late second, early third. I, I, I just am not there on him. Uh, I, he does fall on a couple best balls. So like I have one percent um, exposure to him. I actually picked him last night when I was trying something different. <laughs> Didn't work out well for me, not to say that. Uh, but I just, I'm just not. Every time I draft him, I'm just like, I don't like the team. And so I, I, he's just a guy I'm out on. Um, he could, he's probably the guy that I'm not taking that could burn me the most, but. I think McKissick's going to play more. I, I, I think they've got enough weapons in Washington where he kind of... I'm trying to think of a good comparison of where I think Gibson ends up, and I can't really think of one right now, but I just think he's going to be a little bit short of what people think in the workload type category. Okay. We talked about uh, Dallas before when you answered my Amari uh, Cooper question, but uh, obviously um, I'm still high on Mal- Michael Gallup and, of course, C.D. Lamb. Do you have anything... To offer to those, don't forget to draft some Blake Jarwin at tight end as a tight end too. I forgot to do that for a month and a half, and I regretted it pretty quickly. When I watched training yeah, camp, and he was catching well some balls in, over the middle. Uh, what? He's he's doing well now in preseason. Yeah, looking looking good off coming off the, his injury in week one last year, which I think was an ACL. Um, in camp, looking good. So yeah, I I, I definitely think that's. Uh, He's a guy that I should have tar- targeted a little bit earlier, making up for some lost time there. Right. As you know, I'm not a big Zeke fan. Are you going to try to convince me to change my mind on that this year? I think he's kind of just – if you want to take a running back in the first round and after, you know, Cook and McCaffrey, I think it's kind of Pandora's box at that point. You can go Zeke. You can go Henry. I'm worried about Henry a smidge off of last year's workload. Uh, you know, you can go Hill, you can go Kelsey. It, he kind of is just in that tier for me. I, I have some. I don't have enough Tony Pollard. That's a mistake. I, I've been high on Pollard, so I'm going to have to go back and make sure I get some more Pollard uh, here in the next couple weeks because uh, I, do, I don't want to be underweight on Pollard and have this be the fear he finally goes off. So got got to get back to an overweight position on him. Okay, and then we've got we've got the Bucks. I, I sort of like almost everybody there. <laughs> That's kind of my issue. As uh, outside of Fournette, I kind of like everyone, and you just it, know that they're not like the days of the Patriots. You liked everybody, but you didn't know who to play in DFS because you didn't know who was going to get the ball that day. Exactly, it's pretty going to be a pretty similar situation this year. And they're playing from in front a lot, so you know could be Ronald Jones. Um, 
I'm just not on Fournette. That's probably the only guy that I'm really just out on in terms of Tampa right now. Just really just out on Leonard Fournette. I think he could get cut. Well, now with Giovanni Bernard, it, it does change the mix a little bit. I just don't see what the point of Fournette is. Like, Rojo's a better early down guy, and Bernard's a better third down guy. So what's he really doing there? Making sure they have a strong player if one of them gets hurt. <laughs> I, I guess, but yeah, I, I'm concerned that he can get cut, but we'll see. Okay. So that's, that's actually the end of my uh, list of questions, things I wanted to run by you. Um, <clears throat> always curious that Washington hasn't named their team yet, but that's a... <laughs> Next year, apparently. Next year. Oh, really? Did they say that? They're going to wait a whole year? I, 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 I'll be honest. I kind of like Washington football team. I don't know. Maybe I'm in a minority. I kind of I kind of like it. It's different. I know. That's that's a bad... T- I just... I, I kind of don't mind it. It's called the, the Washington feet. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, mom. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, this was helpful. And uh, no, this was helpful because I want to play some best balls. I really like this new underdog um, format. It's really easy to do, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun on uh, on doing some of them. So. All right, awesome. Sounds good, mom. Um, I'll talk to you Thanks later. Thanks so much. All right. Still my best teacher. I'm still my best coach. Yeah, that's mostly your only coach. So. <laughs> There's also that problem. Really appreciate you guys listening to the Siege Mentality Podcast, episode 28. Again, you can get this anywhere you listen to your podcast. Like, subscribe, leave that five-star rating. It really does help us all out. So uh, she'll be back later this week. Uh, we'll, we'll try to hop in with another episode later this week. It's football season, so coming a little more fast and furious. Uh, so thanks again to my mom for uh, letting me agree to do this in podcast form, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.